it feels like this is going to be a two-parter. No, it's not. What <laughs> <Get> the fuck? <laughs> Mate, I just, for some reason, I'm not in the mood to be really uh, over the top show busy. <laughs> hey, yeah, if you'd like to like us, then go to facebook.com forward slash guys on film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's it. Okay. Well, carry on. Can you do it? Hi, I'm Ollie. No, can you do like uh, what we'd like people to do? I can't ever remember what the, the links are. Okay. What was last week's episode? No- November. November, yeah. It has actually been quite successful. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I'm just going to do the normal intro. Go on then. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ian. He's Ollie. Hi. We're both guys. We're chatting about James Cameron. It's the Guys on Film podcast. Go, go, go. What's that bet from? Well, in all of his... I mean, this is... We're kicking off early with the facts. Um, You're kicking off. In all his films, at least one character yells... Go, go, go! Is that true? Supposedly. It's on IMDb, so who am I slash you to argue? Well, can we try and think what those are? Or is that not fun to listen to? <laughs> That's not <laughs> going to be fun to listen to. Uh, but what is going to be fun to listen to is you telling us what's going to be on this week's Sode. Okay, well, you'll have already heard that we have a bit of a James Cameron vibe going on. Well, they'll have known that, that by clicking on the on the link I mean they already know that yeah yeah yeah. that's in the back but we have up front we've got another interview so you mentioned uh, last time round I think the last one that we had was Watson Wu yeah is that right so we've now got uh, somebody called Harvey Puttock who is uh, he works for Raindance and he's like a director and I guess cinematographer videographer and helps uh, Raindance Film Festival make lots of their video content and also helps teach people about creating video content and cinematography. Uh, so I'll be chatting with him and cool. asking him some questions and getting him to tell us about what's going on uh, in his mind about the farty submersible and James Cameron. Sounds good. And then what's what's the main bit here? Well, what's what's you the know, deep we've, dive? We've normally, obviously we've got our life score, so don't worry, that's safe uh, for the fans of life score. Don't know. You know who you are, um, but the the main deep dive is. You were halfway through saying "don't know who you are," but all right, know who you are. Sure. <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah, we're we're deep diving on the person. Well, one of the three people that's been the deepest. So if if there's one guy that's going to know about going deep, it's this guy. It's James Cameron. It's this diver. Yeah, it's this diver. Uh, yeah, so we're going to deep dive on James Cameron. How about that? Okay. What what type of thing can be expected in that? We're going to have some ocean facts. Wow, great! Uh, we're going to okay, have fine, fine. yeah. Uh, we're going to have some facts about oceans eleven. Oceans eleven thousand meters. <laughs> oceans thirteen. Okay, well, no. We're going to be obviously finding out the bare essentials about James Cameron. Uh, we'll be deep diving into some of his films. And uh, I believe we're going to be talking a little bit about how much of a mad bastard tyrant he is on set. Okay, yeah, that sounds all good then. Yeah, and I've got some questions for you. I've got one two-part question for you. Okay, cool. Right, so roll the interview. 
guys on Phil. Yeah, but guys, we'll talk about Phil. It's the guys on Phil podcast for real. You know what guys talk about Phil. It's the guys on Phil podcast for real. Okay, so I'm here with Harvey Puttick from uh, Raindance. So I kind of understand that your job is basically videographer cinematographer to some degree and yeah. maybe teacher as well is that kind uh, of about right or yeah so a wide range job i'm a filmmaker in residence okay which covers everything from doing videos for our youtube channel helping on technical aspects of a lot of the courses we do and i also edit our website as well okay so yeah. like a lot of just basically the technical side yeah of stuff all of the not. tech stuff i'm yeah. either filmmaker in residence or tech genie depending yeah. on who says it <laughs> uh, and so like we we actually ran into one another when I came to like a one day film course or whatever yeah. so actually like coming to think about it I think probably the last time I saw you was when <laughs> we were in a bar and I'd like just smashed a, a glass or something like that uh, yeah. you guys had gone upstairs or something but yeah. Um, yeah on that course like you were obviously involved in one of the course um, lecturers was wanting to um, illustrate a point by actually using the camera and then showing yeah. the live feed on screen so is that kind of a big part of what you like is a lot of your time in lectures or uh, um, is it kind of a split and mix of different things yeah it's definitely a mix I'd, I'd say I'm only in lectures once or twice a month uh, usually yeah. just the weekend ones as you said Saturday film school I do the the live feed stuff uh, with the Nikon cameras and then we also have uh, every two or three months with the VR school okay, yeah. where I help the students to shoot two VR films over the weekend and also edit nice. them. Nice. Okay. And does that bring uh, particular challenges or are you relatively au fait with VR? Anyway? Um, it definitely brought challenges at the start. I mean, Elliot came to me and said, let's do a VR course. And immediately the first thing he said was, maybe you could teach it. And I had to say, I have put on a VR headset like once. Right. Okay. Absolutely nothing about it. So we, we found a guy called Johnny Johnson, who uh, runs a VR company. And basically, I took the class as teaching it the first time. So there, was, there were a few complications. <laughs> a lot of it was making sure the software works. I find every time there's a class, that's when Premiere decides to crash. Yeah, OK. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a cool experience. And is that primarily basically recording in three sixty video and then playing back with a headset sort of experience? The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's it's quite um, it's just three sixty rather than virtual reality. Actually, yeah. Uh, I suppose I should clarify. Um, and we use the the, the subject of uh, today's podcast is James Cameron, and he's uh, he's a bit of a, a turbo nerd about the <laughs> distinction between like. 360 video uh, yeah. and VR it's like what's the point in one like, <laughs> you know like, that's not true because he, yeah. he wants it all to be full 3D of course so uh, yeah. I skipped over just because I was asking about your role but I skipped mm. over a bit about Raindance because you mentioned Elliot so yeah. Elliot Grove is like the founder of Raindance but like in summary for like people that don't know what it is what, what is Raindance and what's it all about Raindance has two major hubs which is the filmmaking courses program like the one that you took and we also have a film festival that we run every year. We just had our 25th film festival. Uh, like I say we, I, I've been working there for three years. I like to remind Elliot that Raindance is older than I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
which parts do you get the most enjoyment out of? Do you like the kind of teaching side of it or the sort of promotion and uh, that, that sort of aspect of it? Um, I suppose the film festival is the most exciting part of it. There's a lot of buzz around the film festival. We completely take over the view for 12 days every year right. and just play loads of films, get uh, a range of celebrities coming. And yeah, so that's really cool. Cool. What was... Yeah. What was your kind of favourite aspect of this year's uh, festival? Um, Do you have a favourite film from it, actually? Probably Oh Lucy, which was the opening night film. Okay, yeah. yeah it, Josh Hartnett. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Which is kind of strange, because he hasn't really been around for a while. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was actually, like, he was in, um, was it 30 Days of Night or something like oh, that? Oh, yeah. He's been in, like, a good. TV show that I didn't actually catch, really. But I was kind of, like, quite liked him, because, like, he was sort of, like, teen heartthrob sort of guy. Yeah. And then actually was pretty I always thought he was a pretty decent actor as well okay cool so I've got a few other questions for you um, that are kind of pre pre-planned questions so um, in terms of like getting into the role that you've um, found in Raindance now like what led you to it and like so on the one hand like why was it that you wanted to do it and then also like how did you manage to do it? What were the type of things that you were doing to try and kind of train or get better at? Uh, so I suppose the, the main way that I trained was going to university. Uh, I went to University of West London and did video production there uh, for three years. After graduating, I, I did a few different internships whilst on the doll. Um, and <laughs> the last internship I did was rain dance. Okay. Um, so you just stuck. Yeah, okay. I just kind of slipped in there. Yeah. As, as well as like what you're doing on the job you've kind of mentioned to me um, before we started recording just about working on like other projects besides what you're doing with Raindance so like yeah. I know you can't say an awful lot about what you're about to work on but like what types of other projects have you worked on generally? Uh, generally I do quite a lot of uh, videography and editing so uh, the weekend just gone I was at MCM uh, going around interviewing all of the people at VidFest which is a a part of MCM that's just for YouTubers. Okay. So we're interviewing YouTubers like, I, I don't know if you know any of them, but like Tom Scar yeah, okay. and people like that. I've also written and directed two of my own short films, uh, one of which that played at Raindance this year. Nice. So, yeah, bit of nepotism there. <laughs> so what was that called if people wanted to see uh, It's called Warning Signs. Okay, and yeah. is that something that you can find on like v- Vimeo or something? Uh, it's or? not live online yet, but it should be soon. Okay. Fingers crossed it's going to be on TV in December. Oh, wow, but, cool. Yeah. Nice one. That's very cool. Okay, and also, can you say anything about what you worked on most recently, or is that kind uh, of uh, I'm, shrouded in? Yeah, I've just started editing a feature film. It's a narrative about a man that's at the end of his tether and actually decides to commit suicide. Okay. But in meeting someone else, finds a new purpose in his life. Okay. Yeah, it's quite heavy actually. Yeah, 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 it sounds it. Yeah. Okay, so we have like a sort of famous five or like hit list of like um, questions that we ask everybody. Yeah. So, um, what's the most recent film that you've seen and did you like it? Oh, Thor Ragnarok. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I thought it was brilliant. It might be my favourite Marvel so far just because it was so much fun. Are you usually a sort of Marvel person or? Yeah, 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 watch them all. Yeah, I I can sort of like take or leave them, I guess. And but, but I've heard sound bites from this that sound like way tonally different to other stuff. Yeah, it's like obviously people are kind of talking a lot about it being Taika Waititi that um, wrote 
well in fact he didn't write a lot of it but because he directed it there's some improv that he probably had a hand in so yeah I'm keen to go see it what's your favourite movie of all time I know that's like a that's a big question but Fight Club yeah yeah what is it about Fight Club? That I like the complex nature of the narrative and obviously there's that massive twist that even I went in knowing the twist because I, I actually watched it a couple of years ago but I just thought the acting and the pretty dark narrative was good fun. <laughs> yeah, I think um, Seven is probably uh, yeah. one of my favourite films, uh, David Fincher films, just because like, they both have this dark tone to them and the way that like the film's treated looks like this very particular sort of way and it looks yeah. pretty cool um, what about popcorn if you go to the cinema is popcorn a yes or a no yes but bought from the shop beforehand and snuck in right okay yeah. not willing to pay uh, extortionate prices nah it's like pretty much as much as a ticket at some places so. mm. Ollie was just saying that uh, he went to the cinema recently and he went to the sort of uh, box office but it was replaced by the concession stand so like uh, the people who do buy the popcorn in the cinema are actually stopping people who just want to get in because yeah. they've got like these orders of nachos and popcorn and everything I'm a massive no on popcorn but uh, the popcorn that you get, would you get um, normal or would you get something like, what's it called, like Butterkist or something like that with like toffee on it? Ah, no, it? those ones are too sweet. It's, well, sweet and salty, probably. Okay. Right, yeah. okay, a mix. The other thing that we do is life scores. So mm. basically, how would you rate how things are going right now at this particular moment out of 10? Ah, no, let's go with a six. Okay, yeah. right. Uh, it's kind of, I think maybe Ollie and I are like abnormally like adjusted upwardly because uh, I think we sound like we're depressed when we're <laughs> there. But I think um, saying that we're eight or nine all the time is maybe a little over the top. But um, anything in particular going on, or are you just kind of working through film stuff and whatnot? Yeah, no. To to me, six is good. That's you're not at the top yet, but over looking, a half full yeah. glass, basically. Yeah, yeah just okay. About. <laughs> cool, uh, and then we have a wildcard question that we just make up pretty much. But if you had to describe what a rain dance would be, what would the rain dance actually be? Well, that's a good one. <laughs> it's also stupid. Can't show you. Would it actually be in the rain, or would it be some sort of like dramatic pretending that you are the rain sort mm-hmm. of? Uh, I think it would be a, a dramatic dance to bring in the rain to you'd have to do it outside right. maybe to something like dancing in the street by okay. david bowie and then then you bring the rain right and like all the david bowie fans come to you yeah, yeah. <laughs> um cool and then on david cameron so like the david cameron <laughs> god uh i didn't on, know he made films I think it's David Bowie got me mixed up with uh, James Cameron there. I think if you cross them over, you get an ex-British Prime Minister. Um, so, on James Cameron, yeah. what's your favourite uh, James Cameron movie, if you have one? Um, or do you just hate everything about it? No, Aliens. Aliens? Yeah, it's got to be Aliens. Okay. And uh, any any reason why? Like, do you like the other stuff that he's done as well? Or I like a few of his films. Avatar's pretty good, but... The hype seems to have died down just as he's finally announcing release dates for the next Five seven or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I think Aliens is a great film because the first one is so good and yet he manages to at least match it, if not top it. Yeah. But by doing something completely different. Yeah, taking it a whole different direction. Yeah. We've talked like 
almost like in excess about the alien films <laughs> now. Like uh, over the course of like it's been over a year now, but we've done various episodes where we keep kind of dragging alien and aliens <laughs> out of the woodwork. So if you had a least <laughs> favourite, what would it be? Our least favourite would probably be Titanic. Okay. Yeah, that's I, fair. I haven't sat for it since I was a child, and at that age, whatever would have been like eight or something, I was not interested. Not in keen this. at all. Yeah. At the time, I remember it feeling like a big sort of event movie because yeah. at the, the time, I think it was around the same time when like when video games were coming out, it was like, oh, this one's made more money than anyone before, yeah. and so on. And then I think Hollywood was in the same sort of um, time period, so it was like when a film was being hyped up, it was like this has cost more than any film ever to make which was I think what they were saying about Titanic at the time yeah. then it was all like a case of whether it crashed and burned and, <laughs> and didn't do anything or whether it made its money back so yeah. I always knew it was sort of a big deal but I probably would side with you generally like that's not too great a film do you like 3D movies in general as like a like basically Cameron as like this big extolling the virtues yeah. of the medium and all that sort of stuff like do you so with Thor Ragnarok did you was there the option to watch in 3D or not? Uh, th- there was the option but I watched it in 2D just not because I'm against 3D though just because the, the timing of the screening worked better for me uh, I think 3D is really good when it's done right yeah. like Avatar or Dread was another one that was really good in 3D oh really but if it's a film where they just make it 3D in post-production rather than actually yeah, film it that way. Artificially point things. At yeah. I think 3D works best when they're using it for depth as well rather than stuff coming towards you. But you can just see how like yeah deep the room or wherever they are is. Like yeah. the ocean and Avatar and stuff. That's cool. The last 3D movie I saw was the Terminator 2 re-release oh, sort yeah. of thing that he did uh, a little while ago. Which feels like it's out of pointless cash in, but I also like I have a weird thing where I wear glasses for distance, so I always wear glasses when I'm in the cinema. But then with a pair of 3D <laughs> glasses on top, or kind of, I always yeah. get weird peripheral vision issues. But what do you think his sort of lasting influence will be? Like if it was, uh, he's big on 3D right mm-hmm. now, but he's also big on like water stuff so like between Avatar and now he's just been spending all this time at the bottom of the ocean being weird um, <laughs> in what we refer to as the Far East submersible which you just imagine he's exploring <laughs> away there uh, loving his own sort of thoughts and smells uh, or would it be just like the classic films like Aliens or Terminator or yeah I, I think he'll be well known for the classic sci-fi like you said Aliens yeah. Terminator which I have to admit I've never watched but oh really? Yeah, it's on neither, my list of classics them. I haven't seen. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh no, I don't know if we can continue this chat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've also talked about like Arnold Schwarzenegger to excess uh, as well, uh, because uh, Ollie and I are both pretty keen on Terminator One and Two. But I'd highly recommend you add those yeah. to your watch list. But They're ones that I feel like I've seen because I've watched countless re- reruns of stuff like The Simpsons where they're always referencing it. Yeah, so you kind of like basically know the main yeah. iconic scenes and stuff like that. Cool. That's kind of it. Like, what do you what do you think of him as a director? Or like, do you have a good feel for his personality or anything like that? Or I don't know. I I imagine he really likes explosions. And really? Yeah. Because. It's weird. I didn't. I never had that opinion of him up yeah. until recently. But then he appeared in this like weird promo press conference thing with um, Michael Bay, 
and it was about how Michael Bay had used like these fusion cameras or something like that which are supposedly something that um, uh, Cameron had a big part in making Um, but the two of them just like like, yeah and then you did that scene with like explosions it's like (laughs) okay well I mean like but what about the point of the actual uh, film but yeah so like up until recently I kind of thought like he was he did action in a way that was like sort of just smart and cerebral enough Mm to kind of um, keep it going but um, cool alright is there a particular way that uh, people should get in touch with Raindance or anything if they wanted to yeah if people want to get in touch with Raindance we're on basically every social media platform so Twitter I think it's at Raindance on Facebook Raindance Film Festival or our website raindance.org cool and um, is there anything that you want to particularly promote or worth hanging on till you know whether or not your film's going to be on TV or yeah I don't actually know when I'm going to know the date of that but hopefully soon cool yeah. and do you want people following you or sure yeah why not <laughs> how would people get a hold of uh, you uh, I'm on Twitter as at Harvey Puttock so it's my name pretty, fairly simple pretty yeah. straightforward cool <laughs> alright well uh, thank you very much for taking the time to chat yeah thanks for having me live score how are you? Live score. I'm fine, thank you. Live score. Out of ten. Live score. Pro- probably like a, th- a four. <laughs> hey, Ian, that was a great interview. You sounded, you know, you had some great questions there. The banter was flowing. Ollie, you've not heard the interview. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it tomorrow night. But I'm glad that you sound like you enjoyed it. Okay. Tomorrow. Uh, so, life score, Ian, how are you? I'm good, Ollie. I'm great. I've just been in Oslo, just got back from a weekend there. No and way. it's very, very expensive. Right. Yeah, it's a bloody bank statement nightmare. Um, <laughs> okay. I haven't actually looked at it yet, but... Nightmare I... on bank statements street. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It seems seems to me that the early reports from my friend that I went with um, are that apparently he spent around six hundred pounds, <laughs> six or seven. Okay. Uh, so and were you matching like, him? Um, no i i took I took about half of that with me. Okay. And I used my card a little bit, but hopefully not that much. But yeah, so that sounds like WrestleMania's off because oh, I was wh- going to go with him. Oh, when was WrestleMania? <laughs> Next April. Oh. Um, but but it goes on sale today, and that's oh. Halloween today. Right. Um, but by this Sunday, when people listen or after, this will be redundant information. Um, so anyway, I had a great time in uh, Oslo. It was really expensive, but it was really nice. Okay. Um, people were on their Halloween night out when we were there. Yeah. So we had a couple of nights out whilst we were there. We saw some cultural stuff in the daytime with a massive hangover on the Saturday, um, including the the town hall, okay. the opera house. Um, and at the opera house, I saw an old work colleague. Wow. Wow. Who I didn't wow. say anything to. Uh, his name's Ollie. And you know him because you used to work with him. Yes. But I didn't say anything because I was like, I don't really know him that well. Fast forward 12 hours and in a bar that we were in, both of us were very drunk and ended up hugging and kissing, uh, dancing and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, smooching. Yeah. Um, but the one bad takeaway from it all is that during a chat with him, which, yeah. I mean, I was relatively sober. 
Uh-huh. But I got a little bit too much into a story that I was telling, and I absolutely decked it and smashed my knee. <laughs> <laughs> like, really hard. I hurt it so much that I thought I maybe, like, smashed my kneecap over was to this, the side. Was this a story where you were pretending to be, like, Hulk Hogan and you were doing some mad <laughs> knee slam? No, well, the thing is, like, I... No, I just, like, kind of threw my body forward a little bit. Oh, no, no, and, it was like um, this. Oh, my goodness! Are you kidding me? And then... The floor underneath me was really wet, and it just absolutely went straight down the way. So <laughs> it's just nightmarish. But um, well, besides maybe he'll that, be listening. Sorry. Hi, Ollie. Hi, Ollie. Um, so yeah, that's about it, really. Um, I'm having. Did you see any mad black metal stuff? Mm, no, I didn't. No, but we did go to all three of the main rock bars there. Okay. It's not the only thing I do when I'm in a. a sort of European foreign city, but um, it's a good start. And on the plane, I watched The Babysitter by Mick G. Oh, okay. I've seen this one on, on Netflix. <laughs> We've actually briefly spoken about this one, and I'm trying to quote you. I think you said, it looks looks like an absolute fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Surprisingly, it's not total garbage. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, Tell me more. <laughs> I think I thought it was acceptable because the kid who's being babysat is kind of like an empathetic character, and you, like his relationship with the babysitter is kind of um, was believe like believable. She's she's kind of um, dead behind her eyes, and I don't even know if that's the acting. I think that might not be the acting, but. Okay. Um, well, at least yeah. you know that the relationship with her is important to him so you kind of get behind that he's empathetic enough anyway but I only got about three quarters of the way through and then my iPad died so um, I've still got a little bit to watch but so far so good just the only drawback I would say is that it's gotten a little bit weird and sexy by this point when there's uh, like a young boy in the in the film you know not really sure what to make of that um, Apart and from also, you had to make a swift exit to the toilet for a quick number three on the plane. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I had to get up past two other people I didn't know. <laughs> um, but the only other thing is that it's got this sort of like archetypal. It's basically it's got like four other um, characters who are sort of racial mix, like United Colors of Benetton, and I would just say yeah. that like. It's sort of stereotypes for each race. So like I'm thinking... Sony, mi- Panasonic. Did it, did it not get a laugh uh, the second time round? I mean... It's no, unlike want- unlike Mandy, I wouldn't rise to that shite. Right. Stereotypes. It's quite funny. It, well, no, it's not. Not second time round, Dolly. Okay, fine. No. <laughs> Anyway, carry um, on. We've, we've not got third, long left of life scores. Third time's a charm. Um, yeah, that's it, really. I'm just thinking maybe like the good goodwill that I've got for this film so far will be wiped out by what com- what's yet to come. So, okay. We'll see. So, what's your score anyway? I would say knee injury um, aside, I'd probably say I'm an eight and a half, okay. or a nine, eight and a half. Let's go eight and a half. Well, I'm a nine. Ooh, here he is. How was Barcelona? It, yeah, it was really good. Shite. Uh, so- <laughs> I'm a nine anyway, though. No, well, uh, so uh, girlfriend of the podcast, uh, Mandy, and I went to 
Barcelona for the weekend. Uh, we stayed with uh, two cats or gatos, as they're called in Spain, and one was one them? was deaf and one was fat, which was interesting. Uh, the deaf one at about half six in the morning just decides to meow, but it's got no concept of of like volume, so it just just does it really loud. But it was very cute. Uh, it was really nice, nice hot weather. One of the weird things that I did actually have to have a look up on on Google was people on the street selling um, beers, and it's actually a thing. Nate, the, these beer, cerveza. Yeah, set of this uh, cold beer for you, sir. Uh, they're all selling these beers, but supposedly they just keep them in the sewer all day. And then when it comes to the evening, they pop them out of the sewer and sell them to people. Sewer beers. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, they're perfectly fine to drink. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just and they're always cold, regardless of how hot Barcelona is. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it was really, it was really good. We went to a rock bar. Uh, we had lots of pastries. We had lots of tapas. Nice. Yeah, it was good. Um, I went to see Jigsaw last night. Oh, yeah. Missed the first five minutes because the queue at the Odeon in Coventry was a fucking joke. I actually got to the film on time and the queue was 20 minutes long because, let me tell you, you know you've got a box office and you've got concessions or food or whatever, yeah? Yeah. They've closed the bloody box office. So you have to wait in the line with all the people wanting tickets and popcorn, and nachos, and hot dogs, and a latte, and uh, ice blast. You, you, you need to, and each one has got a big, complicated order. Mm-hmm. And and I could just see each time. I mean, they were yelling at next, please, just trying to get this queue going. Just open up the box office. Let people just get yeah. tickets if they want. So that was really annoying. I missed the first I mean, five minutes. The, bo- the box office is really a thing that a machine can do. Yeah, I mean, look. Do they not have? Do they not have ticket dispensers? Well, what I'll do in the future is I'll book online, okay? But it was an impulse. This was an impulse go, right? Right, but the thing is, do you not have an unlimited card? I do. I can't just... I'm not like a cop. I just can't just... I'm not like a cop. I can't just (laughs) go up to the person, flash it, and and just walk through. Like a detective on a crime scene, (laughs) stepping over the body. (laughs) Flashing your cop. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, well, but anyway... Uh, so I missed I missed the first five minutes of Jigsaw, but turns out you don't miss the first five minutes because in Saw fashion, they basically like recap the whole film right at the end anyway. So they show you all the bits at the start. So I didn't actually miss anything. Um, I, mean, sure. I mean, it was just, it was really pointless. Like it's been like a long time since there's been a Saw film and they've just basically made another Saw film. They didn't, like reinvent it in any way whatsoever it's still just exactly the same sort of film they didn't take this opportunity to do anything interesting with it but saying that i guess if you if you're going to see a saw film you know what you're getting and it was pointless fun Uh, it was still fun still some good good gore uh there was one there was one moment where one of the coroners uh they they get a little jigsaw shaped uh bit of skin out of someone's mouth and she says, as if to reveal that, you know, it's Jigsaw, she says, Jig fucking saw. <laughs> Here's a real groaner. And then afterwards, so this, this coroner uh, lady, she's like got tattoos. So she's a bit gothy, you know, or they make her out to be a bit like kind of edgy. 
and basically this police guy goes what do you think about her and this other guy goes she's got a tight ass but she's into some real weird shit and it was just like oh mate such a groaner <laughs> such a groaner but yeah it was is groaner one of the new things you say it is now <laughs> <laughs> oh mate that's a groaner Absolutely it's grown on me look, anyway it was fine it was just as you'd expect pretty shit but kind of fun as well watching all the okay, so, all the bits of gore so you're a nine yep. even though you had a shit cinema experience yep. I can't believe they don't have ticket machines you can just buy from the machine but you know hey it's Coventry Exactly. It's like 1985 in there. Do you want a question? Because I've got three. I was going to ask you a question, but sure, fine. Go ahead. Go for it. Okay. I'm up for it. If you were to voice an animated animal in like a Pixar or DreamWorks style film, can you imagine yeah. that? Um, hold on. Can I just take a second to imagine that? Yeah. So it's, a, it's an animated no, animal with a human voice. Okay. What would it be? Uh, it would be Owen Wilson. Uh, animal. It can't be. It can't be uh, human. Humanoid. Okay. Um, do you mean an existing character or well, just like no, an just animal? An, who like would an be animated in? animal, like you know, like a a fox or a yak. Well, you know, I'm big on star signs, Ollie. <laughs> well, I didn't know this. It's news to me. Um, no, I'm I'm really big on star signs, so I'm a Leo, and I'm going to have to go with the lion. Do they have many lines in Fort William? Do your line impression. Say, say, uh, really fancy a bit of elk. I really fancy a bit of elk. Yeah, fine. Agree. Yeah. Here, I was uh, actually really fancying some elk. Something like that. Yeah, okay. Fine. Um, Fine. Do you want me to reciprocate that question for you? It's up to you. Do you want to find out? No, I don't want to find out what you'd be. I know what you'd be. What? I can't tell you. <laughs> okay. Okay, here's a question for you. You may remember that we have in the past, not on the podcast, but in person, talked about the brand of uh, food, the Yorkie. Yes. Um, and the various different types of flavours that existed. Uh-huh. So I just wondered whether you knew all the types of Space Raiders and if you could name them. I'd give it a, You know what? I'll give it a go. Okay. Are you ready? Hit me. Beef. Correct, that's one. Spicy. Correct, that's two. Pickled. Onion. Yes, correct, that's three. Uh, How many more have I got? You've got to give me a... Because this, this could be the decider as to whether or not I go for certain flavours. How many have I got left? Well, there are three others, but a couple have been discontinued. Okay, so we're only going to... Look, I'm going to go for one more. Okay. A barbecue. Uh-huh. Tomato. No. <laughs> you said you said spicy, and now you've said barbecue as well. Okay, so barbecue's so correct, but it's saucy barbecue, I'm afraid. Okay, well, you know... Okay. I mean, they actually don't come with sauce on them, but yeah, that's a shame. Uh, and the other two, do you happen to know the discontinued ones? No. Okay. Do you want to guess or shall I tell you? You tell me. Oh, okay. We can't Salt waste time. <laughs> yeah, okay. And cheese. <laughs> Just cheese. Cheese. <Okay. laughs> um, so, follow up. What's your favourite? 
Ah, uh, probably, uh, probably beef. Oh, what an idiot. <laughs> What's the correct answer? The correct answer is pickled onion. Okay. Fine. Okay. What, what do you think Owen Wilson's favourite is? Pickled onion, probably. Wow! Yeah, because he'd put him in his mouth and it'd have that kind of... Wow! Great! Really? Like, taste sensation. It's just... Wow! Wow! Yeah. Can I just tell you something about their article on uh, Wikipedia? It says, This article may require cleanup to meet Wikipedia's quality standards. The specific problem is dubious mishmash of randomly chosen ephemera, particularly the pricing section. Right. But the um, pricing's normally on the bag. Yeah. With the price increase to... Uh, 2007, price increased to 15p after being uh, 10 pence since the 70s. Good days. Later went up to 25 before Oof. lowering to 20. Okay. Pretty good. They've gone so what they found out was... heard their audience. 25p was just not an impulse purchase anymore. You may as well go the extra 20p and get, you know, Monster Munch. Yeah, exactly. Um, at the time of the original 5p price rise, director directors at United Biscuits received death threats. <laughs> <laughs> From actual space raiders. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. I think we need to do the deep dive. Somebody's bloody gone and taken the farty submersible. It's not Who's in the that? dock. Where is it? Well, it's gone to the deepest part of the ocean. Where is that? Uh, the deepest part of the ocean is actually called the Challenger Deep, and it's located beneath the Western Pacific Ocean in the southern okay. end of the Mariana Trench. Oh, the Mariana Trench. I've heard about that before. Well, he's been down there. Right, so it, right. So, yeah, basically, uh, it's approximately 36,200 feet deep which is approximately 6.8 miles. And that's about the same as commercial airline cruising height. Or, down the way. Or, yeah, down the way. Or it's exactly the, the distance way. between Coventry and Bedworth. Where's Bedworth? It's Tell us something we can actually relate to, Ollie. Look it up on a map. <laughs> right. And do you know that Mount Everest would fit inside the deepest sea <laughs> trench? Mount what? Mount Everest would fit inside the Mariana Mount Trench. Everest, not Mount Everest. <laughs> With a few miles to spare. Anyway. Oh, I really needed to Everest. I was really tired. Uh, okay, Bedworth. It's near Nuneaton. <laughs> Fucking hell. God. Ian, do you know who was no. born on August the 16th, oh, 1954? James Cameron? Yeah, it was. Do you want to okay. know some other people that were also born on who he shares a birthday with? Well, yeah, that'd be good because I was born the day after him in 1988. So, number one, Steve Carell. Okay. Number two, Taika Waititi. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. Angela Bassett. Okay. Madonna. Oh. Need I need I go on? We're you know um, we're in. A, well, I mean, can you or have you run out? I can go on, but you know, I won't. Will your heart go on as we begin to talk about Titanic? <laughs> that was good. Do you know how tall he is? Um, six foot one. Oh, so close! Have another guess. 
Six foot one and a half. Oh, even closer. Have another guess. <laughs> Six foot two. Yeah, correct. Well done. Nice. Okay. So yeah, we're talking about James Francis Cameron, born six foot two. <laughs> also known as Iron Jim because he's supposedly a bit of a bit of a tyrant. And get oh, this, right. get this, he's also a vegan. Did you know that? I knew he was a vegan. Yeah. Oh. Did you know that he's um, he's had a frog named after him in 2013? What were you doing in 2013? Huh? Um, I bet that's what he says. I bet. I bet that's what he says to people yeah. when they're like, you know, giving it, giving yeah. it the biggin. He, he, he's yeah. like. What were you doing in 2013? I had a frog named after me, mate. I had a frog named after me. What were you doing? And I'd say I was working with Ollie Johnson in a video games company to mixed results. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, new species of frog called Pristimantis Jim's Cameroni. Oh, uh, it just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, or Jim's Cameroni um, was named after him in recognition of his efforts in environmental awareness in addition to his public promotion of veganism. See, it was related to what you said. Okay. So in a frog way. I had a, I had a little look on Google. Uh, uh-huh. I just typed in James Cameron, and it said frequently asked questions about James Cameron. It says one of the frequent, frequently asked questions was, who James Cameron? Like, who is James Cameron? But I just just think who, who, who James Cameron? But actually, it's, that's only the third most asked question. But you'll you'll see why in a minute. So the answer is James Francis Cameron, born August 16th, 1954, as we've already established, is a Canadian filmmaker, director, producer, screenwriter, inventor, engineer, philanthropist, and deep sea explorer. Okay. The next question, the most popular question, is how is James Cameron so rich? It's all about the bloody money. Well, apparently it's not to him. Well, no. Well, not anymore. But uh, James Cameron's net his network worth seven hundred million dollars. Yeah, it's quite a bit. But that's because yeah. he's the creative force behind films like The Terminator, Aliens, Rambo Two, which I I didn't know. He was a writer. He wrote yeah. it at the same yeah. time as The Terminator and Aliens. Some the, some fake piece of information on the internet. This is my fake nonsense from the internet of the week says that he had three desks in his room at the same time to write those three separate things. Well, that's like, I have three podcast stations. I have oh, this one. I have this one and then two others. What are your other ones? Well, one Mispronunciation which I, Weekly. And, mispronunciation um, Weekly, yeah. And Distance and jar- from Coventry. <laughs> <laughs> and the Coventry Top 11 Facts Weekly. Yeah, exactly. Those okay. those two. So I have to have the three separate. But you, this, I'd say that this plug? this is the Rambo two, of the of the lot. Okay. You know, small fan base, but you know, violent. Uh, so he's also done <laughs> the Abyss, Terminator Two, True Lies, Titanic, and Avatar, and he's soon to do a hell of a lot more Avatars that yeah. no one wants. <laughs> um, in the US alone, his movies have earned over $1.9 billion, and he's had two of the biggest box office grossing films of all time. So, you know, he's a pretty big deal, right? Yeah. So you better not start slagging him off with any of your, you know, stories about on-set tyranny. Well, do you want the first one? 
Go on. Okay. Composer James Horner refused to work with Cameron for a decade following their strained working relationship on 1986's Aliens. They eventually settled their differences and Horner went on to score both Titanic and Avatar. Money. Um, but it's funny because um, the horns and I think maybe trumpets from Aliens do seem to reoccur in uh, Avatar. I did specifically notice the similarities okay. with some of the some of the music. But uh, that's James Horner. Ah, so he, you know, horns. Horns, yeah. Okay. Mm. I mean, do you want to do you want to tell us a little bit about Avatar? Because I think I think you know we have we've spoken about all of his other films apart from Piranha Two which I've got mm-hmm. uh, a lot of detail on. Uh, do you want to just go through Avatar with us a little bit? Because you know, we, we're going to have about another eight of those. So Okay. Yeah, we've beaten, I think, Terminator and Aliens and probably Terminator 2 to death a little bit. And we've uh, mentioned True Lies quite a lot. We have. Um, I was just going to say quickly, like, Titanic, at least I got hooked into, and Avatar, at least I got hooked into a bit. But The Abyss, I've recently rewatched as well. And I just can't get into it. Yeah, not up for it. No, just like almost all of his other films have got like enough to really get me involved and then just pull me along and be excited to see sort of what happens next. I mean, it really hasn't even got good. any nudity in it for you to get hooked into, so... The Abyss? Yeah, the Titanic at least has nudity in it for you to hook you in. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't... Oh, I remember the first time I watched Titanic and I had my eyes covered up by next door neighbour's big sister because <laughs> I, was, I wasn't allowed to see the boobs. <laughs> oh, little did they know. Right, Avatar. So, it looks great, but okay. there are some creatures in it, some creatures in particular, who've dated pretty badly. Okay. Um, in fact, one of them wanted to go on a date with you. No, some of them look like um, really blocky and really kind of shiny and smooth and unrealistic. Like the level of detail on them is dated quite badly, even over the however many years. Like, right. what was it, 2009? Uh, it's like yeah. eight, year, eight years or so, it's uh, dated quite badly. But I think overall it's pretty impressive. Okay. Do you not think? I, you know what? I didn't, I didn't get it. I mean, no, I no, think, no. I mean, visu- I mean, visually. Yeah, even at the time, I, I wasn't massively in awe. Okay, all right. Okay. You know, you know me. I like it. I'm a ninety minute man, and and this one was stretching over two hours. Yeah, wait, it's pretty wait. long. And also, I got a version which uh, offers me the chance to add either eight minutes or sixteen minutes to that. Can I re- remove time from it? That's that's what I'm asking. I'm afraid that wasn't an option on the DVD I bought. Sorry, Blu-ray that I bought. Uh, so just really quickly with some uh, other things then. So Sigourney Weaver's character is super, un, like really unrealistic. So like Sam Worthington replaces his um, brother in um, an experiment that this um, company are doing to kind of integrate themselves with a local community of like sort of human humanoid uh, alien characters in a place that they want to mine adamant uh, not adamant adamantium now that's wolverine uh, unobtainium unobtainium from um, that's because it's really hard to get that's why they called it that fine so it's a good name isn't it yeah hard to um, get so anyway he 
That's actually quite good. <laughs> so she gives the replacement of um, so basically Sam Worthington plays a brother of someone who's died recently, and he is just a marine, not a scientist, and um, he replaces his brother because he's got similar DNA. But Sigourney Weaver just gives him such a hard time because he's not a trained scientist. So like as he goes into this program that looks sort of um, difficult and life-threatening yeah. and, you know, she just basically totally throws away her responsibility to right. actually look after him and gives him and, shit. And, and I, I take it they need him more than he needs them, right? Yeah. <sighs> Show him a bit of respect. So anyway, she goes through a sort of, like, character transformation she transitions from basically being like really nasty to him to like really nice person at the end yeah. and um, like he okay fine he immerses himself in the world and like becomes a big like gets really into the experiment that he's in but she just becomes like really kind hearted and nice to everyone it's not just him that she's nasty to at the start like she's just nasty in general um, and somehow she just becomes this love, lovely character at the end it didn't make sense the other things that I picked up though were that since it's a James Cameron episode, let's just call these things out. There's loads of stuff in Avatar that is like derivative of his own work. In a way where you're like like if he did one or two, you'd be like, oh, okay, cool, he's doing something from before. Alright. Cool. Yeah. But there's just so much of it, it's like, fuck, he's actually got no other ideas. <laughs> Some of them are pretty small, but like um Less immersive- big ones. Immersing the character in like a sort of jelly liquid to transform into the avatar, it's kind of similar to the abyss where the person, the people can like breathe the jelly liquid um, before they learn to like breathe underwater. Okay. Um, he's got huge human controlled mechs again. Yeah. Much like the power loader in Aliens, but they don't even really make sense. Like you'd expect mech robots to have guns on them. Not to carry guns like humans. Oh, I don't know. What if you really? need different different loadouts and stuff? Yeah, well, you just plug them in to the arms. Hmm. It's not like humans yeah, where you can't take the arms but, off. But then what if, you, if the robot needs hand things to do? We'll just replace the arms with hand thing arms. <sighs> but it can put the gun down and I, I don't agree with that. You'd one, love a robot to do hand things with you. <laughs> there's the one thing just while we're on on the subject of all that military tech is that you know I I, I preferred all the militech to the weird dragon things so in a way I was like wanting the spaceships and the you know the mad kind of military tech to be winning you just wanted Alien <sighs> 3 James Cameron I just didn't really yeah I, th- I think because I found the the blue alien race to be, you know, so dreary that I I just didn't care that they were being shot out of the sky. Fair enough. I'm sorry, I mean, I I know, unpopular opinion, but... No, it's not unpopular. No one gives a shit about these aliens, but, you know, he's going to make another four films about them. Can I I give you a a fact from, direct from the set? It's got a good, it's got a good quote in it for you. Okay. Okay, so during the filming of Avatar... James Cameron taught Zoe Saldana to shoot a bow the James Cameron way. It's a two-fingered inverted draw past the head like a samurai, recalls James Cameron. (laughs) The archery instructor came and said, Do you want me to teach them archery 
or do you want me to teach them this? This would never work. And I said, see that bush? It was 150 feet away. I nailed it. <laughs> I said, no, I'm not a professional. I'm not, I'm not a professional. No, I mean, he just, yeah, I mean, you know, he probably didn't, did he? No, that sounds like your um, Michael Fassbender on the set of What the Snowman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he got us well drunk the night before and he didn't even have a hangover. <laughs> Whatever it was. <laughs> I mean, let's let's just go with that. That's fine. Um, right, so the other thing is, like, you remember um, Hank Schrader from Breaking Bad when he was in um, Terminator 2? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Go, go, go! Yeah. When they okay. leave. Um, do you remember the gas masks that they all wore? Yeah. Exactly the same style of gas masks that they're wearing in this. Ah, oh, you're uncovering Weird. a conspiracy thing here. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that there's loads of these things. Also, the mirror scene from the sleeping chambers is the same as uh, Aliens, where he's got that sort of like... I mean, I assume that it wasn't as cheap as in Aliens, but it had that sort of off into the distance, like sort of... Uh, di- um, uh, vanishing point sort of thing going on. Okay. Um, annoying lab assistant describing things as he walks around the lab. That's the same as Terminator 2 as well. Um, and the lab <laughs> assistant character is basically the same as that character. Um, and I think basically in Aliens and Terminator 2 the lab scenes and, and Avatar, it's just like James Cameron's got this idea of like a wacky like really technical office space where Tech space. I don't know. Tech space. Um, the musical score is the same as well. Uh, Ian, Los Vampiros del Mar. What's this? The Vampires of the Sea. We're talking Piranha Part 2, The Spawning. Okay. Yeah. Also known as Piranha 2, Flying Killers. It's originally called when it was released in the UK. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I'm going to give you the official synopsis because you haven't had one yet. So this is for Piranha Part 2, colon, The Spawning. The official synopsis! A scuba diving instructor, her biochemist boyfriend, and her police chief ex-husband try to link a series of bizarre deaths to a mutant strain of piranha fish. I mean, that's, to be fair, the first place I'd look as well. Whose lair is a sunken freighter ship off a Caribbean island resort. So James Cameron says this isn't his first direct you know this isn't his first film his directorial debut but it is he did he did he did direct a, a bit of it but he got he got sacked off the film basically um but they needed basically it was an italian production company but the only way that they would get sort of funding for it is if it had an american name director so the story goes so that was why james cameron is is still named but he did do like you know a fair amount of of work on it um so for all intents and purposes it looks absolutely shite i think it actually looks pretty cool anyway but i've got i've got some um i've got some really good uh sex and nudity on this one okay you'll like this the beginning of the film a man and a woman are having sex on a raft and she tells him to go (laughs) scuba diving with him after they briefly climax slight view of her breast and nipples are seen after they briefly what? Climax. Oh, they, I missed the punchline really there. Right. We've, and had then a, the, we've had a brief climax. That's a good name for a film. 
<laughs> brief climax, yeah. <laughs> Starring Steven Seagal. Um, okay, next scene. Minutes later, the same woman strips fully nude. I mean, I don't know what's going on here. What You know, she's on a raft. But it says, minutes later, the same woman strips fully nude. Because she brandish- wants another brief climax. Well, you're not far wrong. And brandishes a knife and cuts her lover's speedos and they make love. Full frontal nudity, breast and nipples are clearly seen up close on the camera. Wow. I mean, it, you know, no cool down period, really. Cool down period. <laughs> you know. Using game development terminology <laughs> for a sex session description. Okay. Pretty good. I mean, one thing that confuses me about what you said is that they wanted a, a name director from America to be attached Not to Not named, an American name. Oh, American name. Yeah, it's just because it was confusing because it's supposed to be his first film. Yeah. Then after you saying that, some of the posters that I see here say from the director of Aliens, Terminator 2 and Titanic. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously those are made in retrospect. So, But uh, So in an interview, James Cameron said that this movie gets better halfway through when seen at the drive-in with a six-pack of beer. Okay. Lad. Absolute lad. That's what it means. Okay. <laughs> Need you say more? I would say so because I wasn't getting it, but sure. Uh, so, in fact, but you know, we've got Piranha Two to thank for the Terminator. Hold on, there's uh, there's our timer, just about gone. Uh, so we've actually got Piranha Two to thank for uh, Cameron coming up with the idea for the Terminator because it was actually in Rome during the release of the movie where he got ill, he got like mad feverish ill, and he had a dream about a metallic torso dragging itself from an explosion whilst holding kitchen knives. And that was his so, uh, initial So we inception. finished with Piranha 2, because this is Terminator knowledge that we've almost definitely talked about. Yeah, well, I was just leading, I was just wrapping everything all nicely up in a, in a little bow just to say, you know... Piranha 2 whilst it may not be great without a six pack of beer you know it did give him the idea for Terminator when he got like you know the mad number twos oh, do you want another uh, Iron Iron Jim yeah you're gonna have to this will have to be the last the last one and then I'm gonna have to give you the your question okay after working with Cameron on Titanic Kate Winslet decided she would not work with Cameron again, again unless she earned a lot of money Okay. She said that he was a nice man, but she found his temper temper difficult to deal with, um, and that was just followed up by the Independent newspaper saying that Cameron is a nightmare to work with. Studios have come to fear his habit of straying over schedule and over budget, and he's notorious on set for his uncompromising and dictatorial manner, as well as flaming temper, like flaming monster munch, flaming hot. Is that his favourite? No. I think it's Owen Wilson's favourite Monster Munch, though. So, okay, we're going to have to wrap this up. I've got got a question for you. Okay. So, if you had to take Owen Wilson out for a dinner, what would it be? It would be be the same meal I had on Saturday night this week in Oslo. Oh, okay. Which Which was... Um, it was a Burger King after too many drinks. Okay. But guess what? What? I didn't eat meat, even sure. when I was really drunk. <laughs> wow. 
so what I had was um, two packets of cheese and chilli bites. <laughs> okay. Wow. 16 onion rings. Wow. <laughs> and fries. Wow. And I'd get them exactly that. Okay. So uh, part with two. With two dips. Part two. So if Owen Wilson came around your house after a dinner and it was late and miles away from his hotel, would you A, give up your bed for him, B, offer the sofa, or C, suggest you both sit up on the sofa watching uh, the WWE Network until 8am when Spoons opens for a breakfast? Hmm. I think it's probably number C. Number C. But what yeah, if he said, ah, oh, I'm a little bit hey, tired. I don't, really re- I don't really like wrestling. <laughs> yeah, what if you said that? I want to get my head down. So let's let's take C out, out, out of the option. Are you offering him the sofa or are you giving up the bed? Oh, it's the sofa. I wouldn't even give you my bed. <laughs> well, I mean, but that does suggest that you place me slightly higher than Owen Wilson, which, you know. What do you mean? Well, you said I wouldn't even give you, so it means that you put me. Above. No, you're somebody that I've interacted with more regularly. <laughs> that's that's about it. No, look, I'll take these. I'll take the, any win I can. Uh, <laughs> so if, that was good. Um, have you got any more questions, or are you all done? Um, not really. What do you think about Titanic? Really quickly. Overlong, um, loads of pointless subplots. I don't know. It's all fine. I saw it once. I've like seen it a few where, times. I must say, like I actually kind of like it. I mean, it's nothing you know the the, important, but I kind of like it. You know the bit where the guy falls over the railing and the, you know, it's like vertical and he drops for ages and then he like smacks off the propeller. I like that bit. <laughs> Fucking hell! You know that it's based on a real event, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I think maybe we should wrap up there then. Yeah. One one final thing, just that's also equally um, upbeat to your last comment, um, was that while editing Titanic, Cameron had a razor blade taped to the side of his editing computer. Uh, sorry, not the not his editing computer, just the side of the editing computer. Right. With the instructions written underneath, use only if film sucks. Oh, God, was he working on Avatar or...? No, he's working on Titanic. Ah. He's basically saying, like, either to himself or to colleagues, I don't know what's worse, that they should kill themselves if they don't edit it well enough. That's dark. I don't know how don't know how true that is and what it's based on, but it was certainly something I found on IMDb, so... It's got to be. I mean, based on the amount of... Um, research that we've relied on IMDB for I've got to say that must be true okay okay so uh, are we done pretty much yeah are you happy that we're done yeah you happy with what we got done here today yeah I want you to finish now yeah not want to do any more we've done too much again Okay, fine. Uh, if you'd like to listen to more of the podcast, you can find us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, there's an archive of stuff there. And also we're on lots of different um, Android um, podcast apps. We're on lots of them. But if we're not on your favourite one, then get in touch with us and let us know and we'll get on there as soon as we can. 
um, we actually have very little knowledge of the ones that we're not on. So anybody that is stuck for finding us, then give us a message. At, I mean, what uh, I would what I would say about that is if they're not finding us on the thing that they use to listen to podcasts, then they're probably not hearing this message. Well, if they're listening to us on SoundCloud, but we're not on their favourite podcast app, then they could let us know. Okay. That'd be good, wouldn't it? And they can get in touch at uh, guysonfilmpodcast at gmail.co.uk. Um, oh, fuck, no, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what the email address is now. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Was, yeah, no, that was right. Okay, cool. If you'd like to contact us to tell us about your podcasting needs or anything else for that matter, guysonfilmpodcast at gmail.com or get us on facebook.com forward slash guysonfilm or on Instagram or Twitter at gofpodcast. That's it. Perfect. I've got no ambition to be doing those sorts of uh, links and stuff. Just drives me crazy painted yourself into a corner with it though because you you know you got quite good at them but now you're sort of throwing in the towel with them I am a little bit you're going to have to up your game on it next time you should yeah. try it next time yeah give it a go come with a pre-prepared script I always do I mean <laughs> I, I always do only for the jokes yeah alright bye bye oh my wow. goodness are you wow. kidding me